What's up, NBA fans? That's it. Uh, the nail's been put in the coffin. The bubble is over. Well, we still got one more day of bubble basketball from the recording of this podcast. However, the consequences of those few games that are left are pretty minimal compared to what we just witnessed. Portland uh, dodging a, a climatic win against the Brooklyn Nets here. Uh, the Suns going 8-0. Memphis coming out with a win. And the Spurs playoff streak is officially over. This bubble basketball has been nothing short of um, surprising and having really bringing its string of drama with it. Uh, so, Sean, some thoughts here before I jump into the trivia question here. Oh, man. Bubble basketball is amazing. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> pretty unbelievable how perfect everything's turned out so far knocking on wood obviously i i mean it really has been perfect i mean no no coronavirus cases uh it seems like all the players are still really competitive despite not having fans there and it does it does have a different air to them obviously but for us watching from home the difference is pretty negligible and the games have just been epic i mean we just watched one of the greatest games ever in my opinion between two sub 500 teams just duking it out uh with so much on the line uh wow amazing stuff i'm so i'm so excited for the playoffs to start next week oh same here carice lavert just looking like a like an all-star right there as a franchise player uh, almost taking down the portland trailblazers for really no reason at all for the <laughs> net for side fun. but <laughs> yeah just for fun just to be in a big moment and uh he missed that potential game winner Pulled up from the from the top of the key, uh, fade away, fade to the left. It yeah. seems slightly over CJ McCollum. Not the greatest shot considering how much time was still left on the clock, but that's what he went for. But before we dive into that game, we gotta talk about the Spurs. Rest in peace. The Spurs playoff streak is officially over. <laughs> uh, and here's a trivia question for you, Sean. Name one player outside of Tim Duncan. And David Robinson, who was on the 1998 Spurs team that started Pop's 22-year playoff streak. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you took away the two easy ones. I respect that. Yes. Oh, my gosh. There's one name that could potentially come to mind for you. I'm not going to fall for the Tony Parker bait there. I know they're (laughs) they're not that old. Um, No. Oh, gosh. This is going to be embarrassing. I'm going to say just a really random name that comes to mind for some reason. I'm going to say Brent Berry. Brent Berry. I don't think so, but let me double check. For some reason, <laughs> you didn't I even just have the totally roster lined up if I, I, did if not I guessed have something. The, <laughs> I did not have the, the, the roster up. Yes, I thought I did, and then I just realized that I accidentally – exit out of it because i was so excited to tell you one of the names who was on uh, this well, roster tell me the name that you were thinking of then uh so vinnie del negro vinnie del negro <laughs> ex vinnie del negro coach of the clippers too exactly that's why i thought okay sean will definitely get this if he thinks this if he thinks about this man vinnie del negro was on that roster and brent barry was not on this spurs team he yeah. was on a spurs team but not this 97 98 spurs team well at least um, i got here's got another an one too spurs player. yeah he also avery johnson was avery on this team. johnson wow that's pretty insane and we were what six years yes. old i think so yeah we were pretty young here, 97, 98. Unreal. A couple of notable things from this era. A gallon of gas was $1.27. <laughs> Titanic, Men in Black, The Fifth Element were all the hits at the local movie theater oh, during Burger? this time. Oh, man. Oh, and Good Burger. <laughs> I don't know much about Good Burger. All I know is I that know much one about famous that movie. line, Welcome to the Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. all I got. So rest oh, in peace to the yeah. <laughs> so rest in peace to the Spurs playoff streak. But the Blazers are alive and well, and they hold on to the eight seed. And now the Memphis Grizzlies have got to beat them twice. But let's talk about that game. What a mess! <laughs> it felt like a college basketball game. It it just was frustrating. And I thought the I thought the the Blazers were going to put this away midway around the third quarter. 
Um, they were just, I mean, they had all the guns out. They had Carmelo, Nurkic, Collins, uh, McCollin, and Damian Lillard. And, you know, the Nets obviously were a little shorthanded, but the Nets hung in there. Jared Allen was just offensive rebounding like a monster. <laughs> and Carice LaVert and Garrett Temple were just hitting shots left and right. Uh, anything stand out to you from this game, Sean? I just admire the Nets' tenacity as a whole. I mean, I, I, coming into this bubble, when you saw that they weren't going to ha- even have Dinwiddie or DeAndre Jordan, we already knew Irving and Durant weren't going to play. You were just like, well, this team might contend for a worst team in the bubble. But then you realize the Wizards were in there too. <laughs> so you're like, okay, second worst team in the bubble. But they've actually pulled out some really scrappy games, and they've shown that they have way more depth than I think anyone gave them credit for. You have this guy, Timothy Luau mm-hmm. Cabro, <laughs> coming out here with a 20-plus point performance, shooting lights out from three. You got Joe Harris coming back from the dead and actually being a relevant NBA player. And Carice LeVert showing that if you give him the opportunity and he gets to have an extended amount of playing time where he's not injured, he is an all-star. This guy is for sure an all-star, and I, I don't think that we can anyone can take that away from him after seeing the way he's performed so far for this Nets team. Um, but, yeah, that that's what I take away for the most from this, honestly, except at the very end, you can just tell that the Blazers wanted it a little more, which yeah. is, like, that's how it should have been for the whole game, but the Nets were playing as if they had something to play for the whole time when there was yeah. nothing to play for. They were just playing... For the heart of the game, for the spirit of the game, which was amazing. But with the Blazers' backs to the walls, man, when they were down five late, I was like, oh my gosh, this is how it ends for them? Was just some <laughs> random Nets team just completely taking it to them? But obviously Damian Lillard didn't let that happen. Gary Trent almost let that happen by not making any open threes that Dame set him up for. Uh, Carmel Anthony had a chance for the dagger at the end too. He gave Karis LeVert yeah. that last chance, but just barely squeaked it out. And you, you could just tell like that was all the Blazers had. They gave it their all. The Nets gave it their all, but the Blazers just had uh, just way more to play for. And that's what it came down to. Oh yeah. I mean, the Blazers had a significant amount of size. They had the road because the Nets team rotation was pretty tight. You could tell there was exhaustion on both sides towards the end there too. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blazers, I will say for a while there, I was thinking, wow, the Blazers are really just going to let themselves end like this. <laughs> they were missing some open threes from Carmelo, um, you know, Gary Trent as well, missing some shots. Damian pulled up for some heroic shots of his own, made a couple, missed a couple. Uh, and Nurkic was just getting beat up by these scrappy nets down yeah. low in that fourth quarter. He was fighting he hard, could not though. get a clean shot. Yeah, he was fighting hard, but the rest were really not giving him uh, – justice on a couple of those plays i'll say um <laughs> but the nets the nets were just were just fighting back and i was surprised that it came down to a single possession um carmelo anthony made a, da- uh, a heroic corner three there after missing a couple he finally put was able to put one down but the nets were just giving those corner threes away for a bit there uh so they they got lucky a little bit that the blazers didn't knock a couple more of those down and really put this game away with like around the four minute mark. Uh, but that last possession, it just did not do it. Did not do this game justice. I really wish that they would have ended up calling a timeout and gotten themselves set up or maybe gone for a quick shot and played the, f- the free throw game. I don't know what you think about that Sean. Like I, I, I wasn't very, it left me feeling very, very empty after watching that roller coaster ride. That was a fourth quarter. Yeah, for sure. And especially uh, as a Lakers fan, you're probably like, why didn't the Nets do something different, right? <laughs> Kick yeah, these Blazers exactly. out of here. We don't want any of that smoke. But yeah, it is yeah. really interesting when you think about it because they had, I, I think they had timeouts left. So they could have used one and that could mm-hmm. have made good practice for basically a game winning shot. And setting that up. So, yeah. yeah, I don't really know what the thinking was behind that. But at the end of the day, I think what I think Dame actually spelled it out pretty well in his post game interview is that CJ was sitting a little off Levert, encouraging him to take more of that mid range shot because if he went for the drive, uh, McCollum did have better positioning there. Um, 
which I mean, I'd have to go back and check how true that was. But according to Dame, like CJ was in a good position and, and made him take that shot. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to say, but yeah, I do think if they had the timeout, they should have taken it either way because the Nets have nothing to lose like beating the Blazers. It's not like they're fighting for Western conference seating or like afraid to play them or anything. So I don't know. It was interesting. Yeah. I would have liked to see a, an awesome play ran for, for Joe Harris or Garrett Temple and just nail the three and take the lead. Um, just that shot was just not the greatest shot, but you know, it is what it is. The nets are headed to the playoffs and here comes the Blazers at the eight seed. And yeah, I would have rather seen the nets and the and Memphis Grizzlies go at it. Not because the game would be more entertaining, but <laughs> I just want the Lakers to get a nice, easy clean sweep <laughs> in the first round. And with this blazer team potentially making it to the eight seed, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's out of the question that it might, I think might go six games. Yeah. And, I don't know. It might even go seven, but the Blazers will have to get through another team first, which I mean, I don't think either me or you is going to think they're going to have much trouble with that. But based off how hard these net, this Nets team has played them, like it's not a gimme, you know, like we can't Mm -hmm. say for certain that the Blazers are going to be playing the Lakers in the first round or can we? Right. I don't know. I th- I think it's a good shot, but I mean, we'll, we can we can break that that next series down a little bit later. But first, let's uh, let's jump into the Suns here because the Suns oh, here, man. this is the Cinderella team, <laughs> Cinderella team if that did not get the happy game. ever after ending. <laughs> oh my gosh, just one more game, but everybody counted them out. Me and you, Sean, and I don't care. I mean, I the only person I will believe that believed in them is like some sort of hardcore Suns fan out there then, it's in like... phoenix arizona <laughs> no yeah one... and even then i'm gonna oh. question you a little bit no one thought this like no one saw this no. coming eight no are you kidding no me? that must have been the most ridiculous yeah. vegas odds imaginable yeah and and i mean you let's let's go through the list of the teams that they beat they beat the dallas mavericks twice the clippers indiana miami okc and philadelphia these are some gritty teams. I mean, you can make a case that some of them were a little banged up and not quite up to par. But nonetheless, they came to play. Mikel Bridges, Devin Booker, Ricky Rubio, uh, DeAndre Jordan. I mean, DeAndre Jordan almost you mean DeAndre didn't Aiden? even play one of these games. <laughs> DeAndre Aiden, yes. DeAndre Aiden, this knucklehead, almost didn't even play one of these games because he missed his coronavirus test. <laughs> yeah, and then he got tested early Monday. This, I think, was against the Thunder, and he was yes. able to get the test pos- like test negative right before the game and then travel to the arena. Uh, but the game had already started by that time, and they were actually down by like 17 points mm-hmm. by the end of the first quarter, but then they made it all back up uh, with Aiden back in the lineup, and uh, it was smooth sailing for for them from there. But it is luckily that like Oklahoma City sat out most of their starters. Um, same with Philadelphia, like no Embiid, no Simmons there. Um, but obviously still took care of business. And then yeah, even against uh, who who they play earlier today, um, it it was a, it was a pretty good team too. But they sat most of their starters as well. I'm not drawing a blank here, but it's like, I think they played Dallas, right? Um, yeah. But against the Clippers, I don't think there was a, there was no Kawhi Leonard. So yeah, no, they, no, Kawhi uh, Leonard again, was there was, because um, that Devin Booker made that shot over Kawhi and Paul George. Mm, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. That, that so that was legitimate. And yeah, you were right. The Mavericks were the one they played against earlier today where Doncic only played half the game and Porzingis didn't play at all. So sure. Like right. these, some of these games weren't crazy hard. But they still had to come out there and win them. And these are all decent teams still um, without some of their starting guys. So you, they hats off to them, man. I'm really excited to see what this Suns team has for the future. I'm really stoked on Monty Williams. He really, I think, it almost exceeded expectations um, for what a lot of people saw from the Suns going into the season. Obviously, he was the highly coveted guy um, for a head coaching job. I know the Lakers were looking at him at the beginning of the season last year and he ended up going to the Suns ultimately and we were all praising the Suns for having him as their coach and it's paying off so far. Yeah, this is this is going to be a dangerous team and 
it's a little unfortunate though because when you look at next year man nothing's changing if anything the west is going to get slightly more competitive uh, with the warriors coming on board uh, yeah. and being healthier <laughs> memphis probably yeah. is getting better minnesota with uh, pelicans full, are getting uh, better russell carlton towns all exactly. the teams so all it's the teams like, are looking good except for like the kings <laughs> and the, yeah, you and got honestly, the kings like do we expect anything from this Pelicans team? I don't think we do either. So, like, honestly, the Suns, like, even though, sure, like, the, the competition's going to be tough, but they came out here and proved that they can hang with tough competition. Yeah, it's going to come down to the exact same thing that they just went through where every game's going to count next year in the West yet again, and they might be, they're probably going to be better than this year. Devin Booker's going to be better. Uh, DeAndre Aiden's going to be better. I'm sure they'll go out there, maybe pick another free agent up or something. Uh, Cam Johnson, out of nowhere, this yeah. guy's been been fire as well. <laughs> Who would have <laughs> like, thought? They found themselves Cam- a real, yeah, a real consistent shooter. I mean, everybody was like dogging them for picking this guy up in the draft, right. but this is it. The dividends paid in the bubble, and I don't see it going anywhere. So I think it'll continue paying off for them. Uh, and again, I think it's a big lesson and a big path, but unfortunately for them, it's not going to get any easier. It's going to be another another grind, I think, next year if they want to find themselves in the eighth seed or seventh seed, and or they could very well finish ninth and tenth oh, again yeah. <laughs> next year and be like, wow, it, all, it was only like two two with a difference of like two games. Um, so I think uh, I definitely hang my hat for this for these guys and. I can't wait to see what they're going to do next year against against the rest of the gauntlet of the West. Yeah, totally. Just imagine if DeAndre Ayton wasn't suspended for 25 games. We'd be looking at a whole different scenario oh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that knucklehead too. He like Monty Williams really stood up for him in the presser. Yeah. Like who, why, how, like every single person in the NBA is doing the coronavirus test. It was the mandate. It's, it's the number one story. <laughs> on everybody's top of mind and man he almost blew it for this guy for this team he his presence is was definitely needed every game for this squad yeah and yeah he's only gonna improve he almost blew it 20 year old kid though i mean he's gonna do 20 year old kid stuff you know yeah exactly and one more shout out to the suns i just want to say shout out to the suns twitter (laughs) twitter pro account like they were tweeting out some nuggets some some good funny stuff like the last three days and this morning i woke up to one of their tweets saying good morning to everyone except the memphis grizzlies and the oh, trailblazers they tweeted this picture out of devin booker and like a nets jersey and, <laughs> oh they were they were fire all all week uh, i'm sad to see that 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 account go into you know go into uh vacation mode yeah. at least until the ne- the start of the next season but uh but i, I mean I'm, I'm a little sad but the Suns yeah. definitely uh, made us all really eat our words. Yeah, and giving us so much entertainment where we didn't expect it to. It's just made the bubble that much better. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, I think this is probably one of those things where it's like without the traveling, without the home court, the road games, you get one of these Suns teams. Like, maybe <laughs> it's very well that next year the Suns end up having the worst record road record in the league and it doesn't do them any favors and. I end up at the bottom of the West again. Yeah, I really hope not because I like I just love the promise that we saw from them, and you can just tell that they're a team that's worked hard to get to where they're at, and they really wanted this. They wanted the chance to, to play into the playoffs, and it's just too bad they lost that tiebreaker to Memphis because I feel like they'd actually give the Blazers a much tougher run at getting that eighth seed, but it would have been way more entertaining for sure. Like, I, I, I wish that tiebreaker were different. It's nothing we can do, though. <laughs> I know. I'm with you on that too. Um well, some quick nuggets of information here we go. Zero players yet again test positive for coronavirus. No cases since whoop, whoop. the bubble began. Got to give it to the NBA, man. Like I had my doubts. I had my doubts that this was not going to happen and here we are. That's a couple of days before the start of, of the playoffs and the bubble's going strong. Yeah, same. I'm. I, yeah, I. I have to eat my words. I was like, "There's no way this works." There's too many coronavirus cases in Florida, but they've sealed this bubble off to perfection. And they even had Adam Silver kind of giving himself a pat on the back, saying like, "This, this has exceeded all of our expectations for what we wanted out of the bubble." Um, but 
they they did their homework they got the job done adam silver just looks like a genius right now like he could probably run for president and get a good amount of votes (laughs) at this point oh yeah he has this is going to be in history books sports marketing books logistics (laughs) books maybe some nba case studies like this is gonna be it he will be he's immortalized from this Mm -hmm. um so his baby but he made it work um couple contract extensions going out. Nate McMillan getting a contract extension from the Indiana Pacers as well as Brad Stevens from the Boston Celtics. I mean, well-deserved. These are two guys who have really led their teams to consistent success. Uh, none of them have really gotten the grand prize yet, but <laughs> they're young squads. And, I mean, for to me, both these teams looks like, uh, you know, sky's the limit at this point, you know, bearing injuries and all. But they have some young stars and some sol- – some real stapled veterans on those squads. So uh, I think well-deserved. Yeah. And I think both teams really outperformed what we expected from them this year. I mean, with the Pacers, you didn't have Odalipo there for a while this year and you were able to, to have these pieces in Brogdon and Sabonis just improve so much from last year. And you got to give credit to the coaching there. Nate McMillan, even coaching this team without Sabonis, uh, through the seeding games to to stay in that five seed and, and hold off the Sixers. So they, they get a little bit of a easier matchup, I guess you could say, in that first round. And, yeah, there's, the coaching's been great in Boston too. I mean, you lose Kyrie Irving. You replace him with Kemba Walker. You lose Al Horford. Um, you, have, you have to have Daniel Tice step up. And it's been seamless, <laughs> and Jalen Brown's progression has been nice and steady, and he's become an all-star caliber player now. And yeah, Brad Stevens, I mean, obviously a little bit of an off year last year, but before that, we were even talking about him being the next Popovich and and he's got a little bit of that magic back in him this year. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how these playoffs go for the Celtics. I mean, they're kind of a dark horse in that Eastern conference, not really talked about very much, but they've, they've got some good pieces. Yeah. Let's not forget the nate mcmillan really taking tj warren to another level or at least helping him get to that that another level (laughs) yeah just a gem just a diamond in the rough but uh as we look ahead we got this playing game officially blazers versus grizzlies grizzlies gotta win two to make the playoffs (laughs) is there any chance no no (laughs) absolutely not no flat no i mean for me like this Grizzlies team is in, but let's not forget this team just went two and eight in this bubble. The only two wins were against the Thunder and a a very load managed Bucks team. No Jaron Jackson. Only beat the Bucks. You know Giannis is suspended. A couple guys didn't play many minutes. John Moran is shooting the ball, scoring the ball. He's not shooting it very efficiently, but you know he's doing what he can to to put points on the board but ultimately like this Grizzlies team is just not it's not there and and the Blazers are on fire right now they got the best point guard in the league yeah yeah it's the Blazers for me yeah I mean I agree with you I, I feel like it's it's an almost zero chance for me and the only reason I say that is because while the Blazers are playing with such a chip on their shoulder and, and Dame is playing like he's the best player in the league right now their defense has been less than impressive. <laughs> like you, we just watched yeah. them against the Nets tonight. They could not stop them. They could not get rebounds. They were just lucky the Nets didn't capitalize <laughs> on some of these opportunities sometimes where if one ball goes in the bucket towards the, the, the final stretch of that fourth quarter, it's a totally different narrative. And now you're looking at the Blazers not even in this playing game. It was that close and their defense is just, it's just looking so bad because they're focusing solely on offense. Nurkic is still not in shape. And Hassan Whiteside, while he's good at blocks, not that great of a defender. Melo is probably a negative player on defense from what I've gathered. So if the Grizzlies are going to do it, they're going to have to do it with shooting. Obviously, they have that in a guy like Dylan Brooks. Um, John Morant can shoot. Jonas Valanciunas can shoot the three. They're, that's what they're going to have to do to beat this Blazers team. And they're going to have to exploit that weakness because they're not going to beat them offensively. Yeah, it's it's tough to say because this is also not a great offensive Grizzlies team it's either. Not, yeah, uh, they rank toward they definitely are towards the half percentile of the league in terms of offensive rating. Um, it 
It's going to have to just be a messy game again. <laughs> both teams, I'm sure, are going to make it messy. The Grizzlies just got to take some notes what the Nets did and just try to out-rebound the heck out of this Blazers team and just make some make some good shots at the basket and, and just try to limit as much as you can the three from from the Blazers. And maybe you force, you, you dare CJ McCollum to go off for 50 and you just <laughs> trap Damian Leonard every time he crosses that half-court line. I don't know. If I were them, I would be watching this Nets this Nets game religiously because mm-hmm. that's that's as close as you're gonna get something like that to beating this team. Yeah, I Can hope, I hope they once? have a Karis Levert then, because <laughs> if they don't have a yes, Karis exactly. Levert, that, they're not pulling that off. And that's the and that's the challenge is like John Moran is good, but he is not Karis Levert. I think he's still got some rough rougher edges around him. Mm-hmm. It's only a first year, uh, so I don't think. It's in the it's in the books yet. I mean, unless he can pull out some Donovan Mitchell stuff, that what he did against the Thunder his rookie year in the playoffs, I don't see that happening. And even if they do somehow miraculously do it, it's one win, not two though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, it is gonna be really fun though to watch because it's a do or die game, all on the line. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see bodies flying on the court. I want to see people diving <laughs> for balls. I want to I, I want to see some ridiculous stuff going on. Like I want something very similar to what I just saw in the Blazers Nets game. I I want that again. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how this game gets wrapped and how it just feels, you know, because you don't have that home court sounds, you don't have that home court pressure that might, you know, influence the refs a mm-hmm. bit, you know, get emotions high, so Without all that, it it's gonna be interesting to see just how that how that ends up playing out. I mean, this Blazer game and Nets game in that fourth quarter, they're beating themselves up inside quite a bit. So, I that's kind of what I think I'm gonna expect from this game, and that's that's what the Grizzlies are gonna have to do. They're gonna have to just make this physical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I mean, they're not the grit and grind team they once were. Um, mm-hmm. or, or a few ways off of that. So, yeah, it'll be fun. But yeah, Blazers will probably win it in the first game and. I kind of hope they do because I don't want them to be tired going into the playoff series. I want this to be a good series against the Lakers. <laughs> it's going to be rough. <laughs> exactly. Like that first Laker game would be on Tuesday of next week. Yeah. So we're talking Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, and then you're coming back yeah, three Tuesday games in playing. four days. Oof. That's a it's, lot of, that's a I lot mean, of bio freeze. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that Nets game, I mean, Nurkic looked exhausted. Carmelo mm-hmm. looked exhausted. Like those guys gave it all, all they had that day yeah. today, which is awesome. I love to see it. Yeah, it exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you know, shifting gears here over to injuries, talking about the playoffs, man, there, there, there's some, there's some disappointments here and some really big, Heartbreakers for the squads. I mean, Ben Simmons, we know he's out very likely for the remainder of the year with a dislocated knee, left the bubble to remove a loose body in the left knee. Uh, and then even on the other side, on the West, we got Russell Westbrook with a quad strain and will likely miss the start of the playoffs. So that OKC series, man, these are these are two tough ones. Like the 76ers are in such a pinnacle part of their franchise right now. Like they could literally go a total different direction next year and just trade away pieces or they can continue going on. Like they've now had this core for a couple of years. So they've, they could ask themselves some really tough questions this summer and be like, is this really the squad we want to keep moving with since there was so much hanging and hanging on the success of this year. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of done now yeah yeah it, it's very easy to just count them out now because i mean ben simmons being one of their better players obviously and it's like if, if they're not gonna have him for the like this first round against the celtics i i don't see that like i guess to, to get a little bit of a preview into our playoff previews i don't i don't see the sixers really coming out of that without ben simmons and it, yeah it does speak to, to that larger narrative of like what are they gonna do now that like this was their all-in year Obviously, they still have all these guys on contract for next year, too. But do they feel like they can just keep going with this? Because obviously, Joel Embiid is a very injury-prone guy. He even missed a game um, for an ankle injury um, in, I think, their seventh game before he actually came back for their eighth game. So at least they'll have him. But both these guys just can't seem to to keep it together. 
Um, it, it leads to really hard chemistry on the floor. And we've already had like chemistry conversations during the regular season about like, can these guys play together or do they play better when they are the guy? Cause it seems like they both have to be the guy. So uh, I guess Joel Embiid's going to have to prove that he, he can be the, the all-star of the team. And, and Tobias Harris is going to have to step up. Um, but because Shake Milton, while I respect him as like a decent <laughs> player, does not offer what Ben Simmons does, except for maybe a three-point shot. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way they get through this, this Celtic team. This Celtic team is just so complete. And mm-hmm. the 76ers are going in there as an incomplete family incomplete team we just doesn't quite know their roles yet um and they just have so much redundancy on their roster without ben simmons right now it's like they just don't feel like a very complete team the celtics are just a smooth a smooth team who's ready to go deep into the playoffs at this point and i feel bad the 76ers are also in quite the quite the hole when you're looking at their future tobias extended at the max and al horford as well got that big old contract and they can only keep Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid for so long together at this point unless they dig deep into that luxury tax. So I'm interested to see what happens with this team moving forward. I mean, maybe you go all in again next year, but then let's see where it goes from there. Uh, it's unfortunate because I really think they did go, they did quote unquote try to go all in here yeah. this year. Well, I mean, this was a team that um, we pretty much predicted was going to win the regular season, right? Because we're like, mm-hmm. this, this starting ro- roster is the best roster in the league. And we're like, how how did you beat them? Well, they beat themselves. That's that's how. <laughs> so it is really a shame because the potential is is definitely there. And I gotta give it to Elton Brand for really trying. But yeah, it, it's just not gonna work. And then and then on the other side, I think we're seeing something very ironic happening with <laughs> Russell Westbrook being the one with an injury starting the playoffs when you traded for him with a guy that isn't going to be injured at the start of the playoffs, that being Chris Paul. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, a little bit of buyer's remorse maybe for the Rockets here. (laughs) Like this guy's a quad strain. We bought, we bought him because we felt like our old point guard wasn't durable enough. And now you're talking about how Russell Westbrook actually missed more games than Chris Paul this year. And now isn't going to be ready for this playoff series against this team. Man, the, yeah. you can't write this stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't meant to be. It was not meant to be for this Rockets franchise for James Harden. I mean, talk about going all in again, another <laughs> yeah. team. Just going all in right here with that small ball lineup. It seemed like so much of it was to maximize Westbrook more more so than James Harden. And it did benefit what Russell Westbrook greatly, but... Without him, this Rockets team is... They just got James Harden, and they have no other ball handlers except maybe Eric Gordon, I guess, but there's nobody else on this roster. Everybody else is just designed specifically for one role. That's to defend and knock down some threes and get gritty and get some rebounds. And then you let Russell Westbrook and James Harden create offense, dish the ball out. With Westbrook out, oh, man, this team... This team's just going to look nasty. It's... I've seen a couple sequences when Harden or Westbrook get into foul trouble and they have neither of them out there and it does not look good. That's not a good team. (laughs) Yeah. And I almost want to say that this team's going to lose by five without Russell Westbrook against OKC. Like I just don't have much faith in it. Um, It's unfortunate. And Westbrook is, you know, he's, he's getting up there now and he's probably got a couple more years now where he can really play at the level that he, that he's used to. And, his clock might be running out in terms of like really being able to fit into a team that can win a chip. And this was one of those years, I guess a little bit Um, now without him there in the first round, I think it's out the window. Right. And then a quad strain being definitely a pretty significant one, especially for Westbrook because the quad is where you get a lot of that explosive power from. And that, that is totally his game and, and probably why he got hurt just because that's how he's been playing. You come back into the bubble. You're, you're not like as fully conditioned as you usually would be. You try to use these explosive muscles and you just overuse them. Um, they're just not ready for that type of work that you need them to put in. So I think we'll, we'll just have to monitor this and see how many games he's going to be set to miss. Obviously, he'll 
probably he'll he'll like almost 100% miss this first game, but we'll see how quickly he can come back because yeah, I agree with you. If if they do not get Russell Westbrook in this first round at all, Harden as, as amazing as he is, I, I don't think that's enough uh, to beat this <laughs> OKC team that is just really well coached and just has Chris Paul one of the best floor generals in the game still. And is a very, honestly, surprisingly deep team where you have guys like Darius Baisley coming up now. And yeah, yeah, like Dennis Schroeder will be back. His son was born. He's coming back now for the playoffs. So yeah, OKC, man. (laughs) Yeah, they are not a slow team by any means. They got Steven Adams down low uh, who can really just, you know, hang with anybody, really. That man, that man continues to astonish me how he continues to just and whenever I think he's about to be irrelevant in the NBA, <laughs> he just puts together an even better season than the past. And the three-guard lineup is just quick on their feet as well. They're gritty guys who can score the ball well. You got a guy like Chris Paul who's just a straight-up bulldog. Yeah. I mean, that guy that guy wants to be wants to go deep into the playoffs again, and he's got a good squad behind him. And, yeah, Darius Basie, I'm surprised. We have not had an opportunity to bring him up, but the intern, as I want to call him, <laughs> yes, you know, former New Balance name. intern, like this guy was like, he was a top high school recruit and he kind of just fell pretty far down there in the first round. So, I mean, when you talk about a guy who can potentially surprise and just have a breakout breakout performance or breakout year, this is this is the guy who has the makings of something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if he puts together one crazy game in the playoffs or two and is the reason why the OKC ends up, you know, coming out with two close games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's... That series, that's the one we wanted from the start of the season, Rockets versus Thunder. We didn't think the Thunder had it in them, but, man, they delivered. And now you have uh, yeah. here our last little injury report snippet. Uh, bubble superstar TJ Warren actually suffers plantar fasciitis and may miss the start of the playoffs. So that's a pretty big blow for our Pacers Yikes. team there. I didn't even know this until just now. Yikes. That's tough. Yeah. Really, really tough. Yeah, I mean, I honestly had that Pacers really falling off during this bubble. I thought they were going to fall all the way to the sixth seed. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they came through and got themselves one of those upper tier seeds is pretty astonishing. And a lot of it has to do with TJ Warren. They got themselves quite a pretty favorable matchup. But with TJ Warren out now, it almost feels like it was for nothing. Like, if he doesn't come back soon, hopefully he can come back for a second round or or late into the first round. But... Plantar fasciitis is a yeah, one of those so he, annoying yeah, overusage in, injury. Yeah, not fully ruled out yet. And Demontis Sabonis is kind of in the same boat, actually. Like they both have similar injuries, so mm. yeah, both of them. It's gonna be tough. Plantar man is a serious thing, but like honestly, it's not gonna be something he's gonna recover from in that short amount of time. I've dealt with planter. I've had plenty of of runner teammates deal with planter. It doesn't go away just like that overnight. It's something that mm-hmm. sticks with you for months, but you can treat it. I really hope that he's got a Strasburg sock in that bubble <laughs> because you need one of those for sure to deal with planter. And you can run, you can work through it. Like it's gonna bother him when if and when he comes back. But he's just going to have to play through it, and it might affect his game a little bit if, if he's letting that pain get to him. But if he can play through that pain and act like it's not there, that's what he's going to have to do, honestly, because like what you have nothing to lose. Like You might as well try to play through it, honestly, unless you feel like you're really going to seriously injure it. Um, they, they have great treatments, obviously, better than anything I got as a runner. But yeah, planter is no joke. Yeah, it just depends what grade it's in at this point. But I imagine if he's talking about missing time, it must be at a pretty high level, semi-high level. So, yeah, it's about management. And I think at the end, he's probably going to try to play through it. It's just a matter of how bad is it right now. Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, when he's going off for 40, there was a price to be paid. And here we go. It's plantar fasciitis. You better be in that Strasburg (laughs) sock 24-7, man. That's all I got to say. You stay in that yes. hotel room. You you elevate that foot. You put it in the sock. If, if you none of you knows what a Strasburg sock is out there, it's like a basically a, a knee high sock that you wear that has. Have you have you had one of these before, Alan? Yeah, yeah, I've had them. Yeah, you basically connect it with like a loop, so it like stretches your foot, like just while you're lying at lying around, and it it's kind of 
uncomfortable for a very long period of time, but hey, it gets the job done. It stretches that yeah. calf out, stretches that foot out. Just a just a slight stretch over many hours. That's what you need to do to recover from plantar. Yeah. Finally, an injury well, I can relate to. <laughs> I don't. I don't get uh, torn ACLs or, or dislocated knees as a runner. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. Or knee fragments. Yeah. Fra- no. Yeah. No. None of my knee fragments, fragments are uh, needing knee. to get removed. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, injuries aside, let's 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 hand out some awards here because we are at the end. Bubbles over. Well, tomorrow they're still tomorrow, but I mean, no one's kind of like a joke <laughs> joke set of games tomorrow. The the real end came today. Uh, we got some MVPs on the board, man. Like, and the NBA is doing it as well. Like they're giving like bubble awards, and we got to give out our bubble MVP here. And here are the nominees for you. It's you got the you got the Cinderella stories, the the feel good mm-hmm. characters, Damian Leonard, Devin Booker, and TJ Warren. But you know the Cinderellas, you know they they got some strong storylines, but not to be overlooked. I think are definitely some per- heavy performers here, Luca yeah. and James Harden. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some impressive numbers across the board here. James Harden, thirty five points, nine assists, nine rebounds throughout the bubble, fifty three percent shooting from the field, thirty seven percent from three, ninety from the free throw. So close from that fifty forty ninety average, and yeah, that ridiculous forty five and seventeen against the Pacers. You got Damian Leonard, 37-9, 48 from the field, 41 from three-pointer, 88 from the free throw line, 340-plus games, and that 61 against Dallas. I mean, those are two that stand out to me. Uh, before I make my pick, Sean, you go. Let me tell me which ones are your favorites here. What's your highlights? Yeah, I mean, you have to mention Devin Booker, right? Because <laughs> this guy, on a, on a team where you thought he'd never succeed, you're like, he has to get out of Phoenix. That's That's been the narrative ever since he got there. It's like, this kid's never going to succeed unless he gets out of Phoenix well. They finally gave him the right coach, the right pieces to actually get a little bit of magic in here. And obviously, it's an eight-game sample size. Who knows what would happen over a longer period of time. But with all healthy pieces, Devin Booker was able to look like a superstar on a playoff-caliber team. And I, for me, that's saying a lot. 31 points and six assists. Six assists is a lot for D-Book, honestly. Yeah. He, he has a primarily a scorer. He figured out a way to trust his teammates, and they were actually able to deliver results for him. A 50% field goal, 35% from three, 93% from the free throw line. And five out of those eight games, you get 30-plus out of this man. And he just played lights out. He played like a guy you could trust with the ball throughout the entire fourth quarter. A guy you know, if he's if the ball's in his hands, you have a chance to win. Um, yeah, I I do think that that Devin Booker deserves a little bit of cred there. I would put him in my top three for a bubble MVP. A little shout out to TJ Warren for those first three games. He probably would have been it if there was only three games in this regular season, but <laughs> did fall off quite a bit. And obviously had the planter and Jimmy Butler shut him down in that game against the Heat. Yeah, uh, but honestly, I, I'm not going with any of those guys i'm going with luka Doncic. yeah which i yeah, yeah which it's like it seems blasphemous to not give it to damian lillard and <laughs> i almost feel like i should uh, like take that back but when you look at luka's numbers and how consistent he was in like every single game i am very afraid of luka as a clippers fan having to go up against this Mavericks team with a guy that's averaging 32, 11 and 11 through these games, yeah. 47% shooting leading the number one offense in the league right now, which is crazy to think about only in his second year, Luka Doncic has done nothing wrong at all. Honestly, like he's just done nothing but ball and ball hard. I yeah, think I'm yeah, with if you're you. comparing, yeah, obviously Damian did win the head to head matchup. Uh, against the Mavericks in in that really close game was 134-131. But I think it just comes down to, like, honestly, Luka doesn't have that C.J. McCollum character next to him. Like, Perzingis is great, but I think C.J. McCollum's still a better player than Perzingis. Um, the supporting casts are, are, are interesting, but he also doesn't have some of his guys that he normally have um, there. I like, uh, ah, man. I'm kind of blanking on his name because he's just a role player, but he was a good role player for Luca in the pick and roll. Um, but I, yeah, gotta give it to Luca, man. 
I, I can't I can't ramble on enough about this guy. <laughs> yeah, I was a little worried. I was like, I wonder what Sean's gonna go with. I thought because I think the the thing is like it's so easy to fall into the Cinderella trap here and just like give all the praises to Devin Booker, TJ Warren, Damian, which well deserved. Yeah. But Luca, man, low key, he has been consistent and just dominating and really holding on to that seven C for the Dallas Mavericks. And I want to go with him as well, but mm. I gotta go with James Harden. Oh, okay, okay. James Harden, man. <laughs> this talk about consistency. This guy just night in and night out just gets it done. 14, 45 and seventeen against the Pacers. Seventeen this rebounds. Why? Yeah, seventeen. <laughs> re- How? This guy's just rebounding like crazy, scoring like like a madman, doing his Harden tricks, and it's so easy to point him as the villain and overlook him. But I gotta look at my biases straight in the mirror. And say, are you being biased and ca- and counting out James Harden? I am, and <laughs> and I gotta put those aside and realize that to me, James Harden is the bubble MVP here. He got the Rockets to a great spot, kept them right there in the middle of the pack. Luca did well as as well, so I have him at second. And you want to give it to Damian Leonard, but these guys played just as just slightly better than him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just don't catch the noise. And the story around Damian Leonard is awesome. It's great. But I would have him at at third here in terms of like bubble MVPs. And I got James Harden one. But Luka Doncic is definitely right there at second for me. Yeah, man. These are going to be some fun matchups to watch. Uh, I, I am sad that Devin Booker is out of these five guys not in the playoffs. But he, he gave us some really good basketball. Shout out to him. Um, but yeah, yeah. Let's go, Luka. I, I'm not rooting yeah. for you anymore. But... I respect you so much. <laughs> Thank you for yeah. leading my playoff team into the semifinals <laughs> this year. Like, I, well, that would not have happened without him. Yeah, he put together a heck of a year. But uh, let's go overall. Let's go best bubble team. I mean, we got some great some great action, of course. From, again, the Cinderella's of this bubble, the Suns, the Blazers, uh, the Spurs for a bit here. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? I mean, I guess that's really it. I don't think there's anything going on these. I mean, the Pacers. The Pacers, Pacers did some decent, good stuff yeah. here. Um, but who, 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 who here do you think Sean is deserving of this award? I think this goes without saying, really, but the Phoenix Suns, you have <laughs> to give it to them. Undefeated. I mean, we, we've raved about them this podcast. 8-0, getting contributions from all those guys you mentioned before. Mikael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, Dario Saric. Coming yeah. back from the grave. Cam Johnson proving he's worth a lottery pick. <laughs> Ricky Rubio being a decent point guard. Yeah, these are all great stories. This Suns team, man, it, it is a, it's a crime that we don't get to see a little more of them. I just wanted a little more Phoenix Suns. I wanted to see them lose. I wanted to see them bleed. We never saw it happen. So yeah. they, they go undefeated in the month of August. First time the NBA team NBA team's ever done that. <laughs> um, it just, yeah, amazing. Yeah, when they talk about the Phoenix Suns legend, they will be known as the greatest team of the first half of the month of August. Yes. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> Put them toe-to-toe against any team that's played in the first half of August. <laughs> yeah. They will that, beat them. Yeah, MVPs of August, for sure. Yeah. Like the record speaks for itself. So yeah, you're right. I mean, eight and no is eight and no, and they did it. They climbed the trenches. Uh, no significant roster changes. So they had the same dudes that they that they rolled with during the during this last year, and they proved together that like you just they just needed them together. They just needed to put put them together and, and just have a nice healthy run. And they're a dangerous team when they have that. Aaron Baines, DeAndre Aiden, not suspended. <laughs> Devin Booker zeroed in, and Ricky Rubio, yeah, had resurrected his career a little bit here, uh, pulling together some great performances. Great floor manager for this team. So I'm with you. It's hard. It's hard to really say any about anybody else. Yeah. Obviously, you can make a case that there's better teams, but. During this little stretch of the bubble, these last two weeks, nobody did it better and more consistent than the Phoenix Suns. And there's one guy that we didn't even remember to mention that resurrected his career pretty much over these last eight games. That's Cameron Payne. Oh, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. Cameron Payne Payne. being an NBA player. Just being an (laughs) NBA player that you can play in a game. 
10, <laughs> 10 points and I think three assists on average in these bubble games, which is just astounding from a guy that was yeah. basically written off as a meme in the NBA <laughs> world. And he's actually pl- he played very good basketball for them off the bench. So, man, just, yeah, contributions from everywhere, man. Yeah, he's getting himself an- another NBA contract. And, I mean, that's the name of the game sometimes for some people is you live to see another year. And, he, yeah, he did carve himself a good 15 to 20 minutes a game. Solid rotation piece. Cameron Payne. Yeah. Cameron Payne. <laughs> I guess some honorable mentions here you can talk about is the Nets, the Raptors. The Raptors did well. And again, another team that kind of has laid low and done consistently well. But uh, I still go with the Suns. I mean, any other people you want to mention here, Sean? No, I mean, I, I do just want to give that shout out to the Raptors going 7-1, and one, second mm-hmm. only to the Phoenix Suns, <laughs> and finally getting people to talk about them because they've been written off all year pretty much, even though they're defending champs. They lost two of their big pieces, sure. But and if you're if you're looking at this roster and you just look at the improvement across the board for so many of these guys year over year, I mean Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell of all people. <laughs> OG Anobi. OG Ananobi coming in. Like this team has a title to defend and they're playing like it. And they earned so much respect from from everyone this year. And they, I mean, they had big wins over the Lakers, the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers, all in the bubble. And their three-point defense has been the best in the league this year, only allowing 33.5% to teams from three. And with how important that shot is to so many teams this year, that's going to be a big factor for this Raptors team to defend their title. And, and honestly, I give them a very good chance to do so um, with how they've played so far. And like very good being like not like over 50%, but like I, I think that they have a shot to come out of the East and, and get another crack at this thing. They've been playing oh, yeah. amazing. I don't really think it's that radical to say that, honestly. Yeah. That they're healthy. I mean, Marcus Saul, Ibaka, don't don't sleep on them either. Like mm-hmm. they're older and they're not quite as consistent, but they had, that rest looks like it did them well. And now we're in playoff mode, and they're healthy. So this is what those guys live for. That's what you get guys like that for to just give you some hustle, some muscle, just for uh, for some playoff series. So th- I-, I I'm excited about this team. They're young and hungry. And Pascal Siakam, I mean, sure he's maybe not the the stereotypical go to last minute scorer, but I don't think they really need him for that. They got Kyle Lowry, great decision maker. Mm-hmm. Fred Van Fleet. Um, Kyle Lowry somehow manages to just get better every year despite how <laughs> he's like a he fine is. wine huh <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> no athleticism to his bone but he manages <laughs> to just keep getting better so yeah i mean they got their respects for sure yep and then another quick shout out to the nets with a five and three bubble record that was almost six and two <laughs> and almost knocked the blazers out of playoff contention uh, but that that nets raptors series is, is going to be a fun preview uh, for us that we're going to do in a few days for you guys. Uh, I think that's going to be a, a way more entertaining series now, having seen what the Nets can bring to the table. Yeah, let's see Jared Allen just pounding the boards. Board <laughs> man gets paid, let's see Board it. man gets paid, let's go. Yeah. So, best bubble storyline. Uh, <laughs> I guess we had a couple. I mean, we had the Lou Williams <laughs> fiasco. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, what do we got? The Portland Trailblazers, the 8-0 and Phoenix Suns, uh, the TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler <laughs> sequel. Uh, not quite living up to the hype. We got yeah. the Damian Leonard versus Pat Beverly versus Paul George. <laughs> I mean, things got personal there a little bit oh, between yeah. some of these teams. No, that was amazing. The Clippers are playing every angle they can, but to get these Blazers <laughs> riled up to beat the Lakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely, and that's kind of like a little to my dismay because I'm yeah. like, why do we end up with this? Uh, <laughs> give us the poetic justice and have the Blazers play the Clippers, but <laughs> will happen. I mean, if we're talking about best bubble storyline, I'm not quite the the drama person. The Lou Williams story was pretty interesting and funny. <laughs> the Nets taking out the Blaze, also the Bucks with like a bunch of no names hitting career <laughs> highs and rebounds, assists, and 
that was pretty crazy too. That but was, yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna still hang my head on the eight and no Suns. Like that mm-hmm. that was something special for me to see that happen. Uh, not because I'm a Suns fan, but just because of how bad I writ- wrote them off. Yeah, I like they were my poster child for being like, there's no way you should start this bubble and invite a team <laughs> like the Suns or the Kings. Yep. Like, yep. They were, uh, they were, they were the Slava Medvedenko to Stephen uh. A. Smith, <laughs> the Kwame Brown. No, Kwame, not Kwame. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't knock you for that. The Suns were an amazing storyline, but you gotta give it to Portland. This was the story <laughs> while they were deciding how they were gonna restart this. Were they just gonna go straight the playoffs? Were there gonna be group play? Were they gonna do something like this? And you had Dame's quote at the beginning. is like, just give me a chance. Like, whatever mm-hmm. happens, I just want you to give me a chance to make it. And he delivered beyond expectations even. Because he everything that he did, they needed. Because it came down to just that last bucket. And if it had gone that other way, all that was for nothing. But it <laughs> turns out it was for a lot. The 6-2 and two with this tough schedule against teams that really weren't, t- like, resting or load managing like with the phoenix suns with a lot of their wins like portland had to go against a gauntlet of opponents and honestly in that game against the clippers they probably should have won if dame makes those free throws but man we made sure that even though he missed those against us we made sure he made those against every other team after that and Mm -hmm. man just watching him in these post-game interviews just seeing the focus and the sheer like determination willpower drive just almost inhuman from this man he just looks like he's just ready to take on the world and just to see this rise from the nine seed to the eight seed overcoming that huge gap that memphis had over them to start this eight games and they make up all of it and they end up getting the eight seed that that is just an amazing ascension and the story's not over yet that's the best part yeah you know what's funny too is after his sixty-one points, Adidas put all his shoes on sale for sixty-one dollars no for one single day. No yeah. way! How did I miss <laughs> I forgot that? To I should have got that. a pair. <laughs> yeah, that was uh yes yesterday I believe was it? I think it was yesterday. Yeah, so the day after that sixty-one point game. So yeah, I mean, Dame, Dame, definitely Dame time. Pat Beverly mocked it, <laughs> but uh, it happened, man, and it's a it's a real real thing. Uh. He had a somebody almost put him away earlier today, but you know they managed to escape with it, and here they are. They capitalized on the opportunity. They voiced up that they there needed to be some sort of playing system, and they got the playing system, and they're in it. And now you know they capitalized on exactly what they asked for. You can never you gotta respect when somebody does that. So yeah, definitely can respect that. Amazing, that. and that and then that's a great transition into our best performances of the week. Who else are we going to start with but Dame Lillard here? <laughs> Give me the stat line, on. 61 points. Talking about 61, <laughs> uh, the $61 Adidas shoe sale. It's right <laughs> off of this performance. 61 points, uh, five rebounds, eight assists, 17 for 32, nine for 17 from three. Huge win against the Mavericks and <laughs> obviously a must win at that time. They needed every win they could get and Damian dug deep and, and uh, really brought home the W for the team. Yeah, just amazing performance. 61 points, man. Unreal. And then on the other side of this, you have just someone I... Your boy, man. (laughs) So... It It's Austin Rivers. I'm not not gonna (laughs) keep the suspense up. I really never thought I would put Austin Rivers on this list. And I'm like, obviously there's other performances I could have put on this list besides Austin Rivers, but you know what? I have to give him the credit where credit's due. He had an unbelievable game in that win against the Kings with 41 points. Who? Wait, is this right? This is Austin Rivers that scored 41 points? That's right. Not It's not Doc Rivers. It's, it's not Austin Doc Rivers. Rivers. I'd expect that <laughs> even more, honestly. I, I, I'd think Doc Rivers could score 41 before Austin Rivers could. And he gets six rebounds and four assists to go along with that on 14 of 20 shooting? Six of eleven from three with two steals. 
I mean, what? with Westbrook out, you might need a little bit more of this from Austin Rivers. Man, if he's going to play like this ever again in his entire life, it better be yeah. against the OKC Thunder. That That is absurd. Yeah, 14 for 20 is clean. That is a super clean uh, stat line right there. Six for 11. That's pretty good. That's not. That's that. That's uh. That's some good shooting out there from Austin Rivers. And I'm, I'm still in awe. I just can't believe that actually happened. <laughs> what about this next guy, Dorian Finley-Smith? Man, I had no idea who this guy was, but I'm starting to get to know him. He's been playing pretty solid for the Dallas Mavericks, and this night goes 27, uh, 11 rebounds and five assists, 10 for 19, six for 12 from three. Absolutely no turnovers. And the win against the Bucks. I mean, you don't need turnovers when you're catching some clean passes from Luca. <laughs> I imagine. Yeah, that's fair. And yeah, yeah, he had some very clean passes in this game. We give him an honorable mention here, just because he's Luca. For anyone else, this would be the stat line of the year: thirty-six yeah. points, fourteen rebounds, nineteen assists for the monster triple double for Luca to go along with Dorian Finney-Smith's huge game. But we give the best performance of the week to Dorian. Just for being the role player that really stepped up to get this win over the Bucks, and and man, great shooting by him, um, just perfect basketball pretty much, and, and this this is the type of support Luca's gonna need. Like he's gonna need these shooters to shoot like this if, if they're gonna have any chance in the playoffs. Yeah, I wonder what his plus minus is was from this game with this probably no very, with the zero turnovers. <laughs> yeah, probably very so, good. And I just remembered the guy that I forgot before is Maxi Kleba. Oh, Maxi Kleba. Yeah, yeah, that's who they're missing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's go to wor- worst performances of the week. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Who is this guy? Can you? Oh, you never heard of Justin Anderson it? before? <laughs> no, I don't think so. He sounds like, he just, he sounds like, that's like the name of a pop singer for some reason that that uh, comes Justin to mind. Justin Bieber, maybe. Justin yeah. Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who is this uh, guy? Well, I mean, he's a role player on the Nets. Um, no. Not one of the ones that uh, we've been praising in earlier parts of the podcast for the depth that they've had, but really one of those middling players that really thought that he was going to take a go at the shooting streak <laughs> this <laughs> game and goes one for 15 from the field, <laughs> zero of 12 from three. He nice. just kept chucking them up. You gotta, gonna you gotta shoot. respect that. <laughs> Mamba mentality. Yeah, you gotta keep putting them up. You gotta make one eventually. Well, apparently not if you're Justin Anderson. Uh, he well, gets a grand total of two points from that one field goal he made uh, to go along with two turnovers. And in a game that the Nets actually managed to win despite him shooting like a madman. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Two polar opposites from Dorian Finley Smith to Justin Anderson. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you have nights like that, I guess. But Laundry Shamit, he is a shooter. He consistently gets plays run for him specifically to shoot <laughs> shots. 0 for 6, 1 point and 2 turnovers in 32 minutes in the loss against the Nets. Landry Shamit as a whole has not looked all that great since the yeah, bubble started. came late to the bubble. Really, yeah, hasn't looked good in any of the games. Had, had a few decent ones, but... Very inconsistent performance. And you're, if you're going to play 32 minutes and you're going to tell me that you're a three-point specialist and you make <laughs> no field goals and you get one point total, you even make both your free throws? Like, <laughs> come on, man. That is really sad. Like, we expect a lot more from you, um, this being your second year in the league. He's a he's an X-Factor, man. He's, he's going to be a big X-Factor for the Clippers in the playoffs, but – uh, you know, we'll dive more into that next podcast episode. But, you know, to close it out, though, we've talked about almost every single team in this <laughs> podcast so far, except for one team. I'm pretty sure, like, even the Heat, we've given them a mention, yeah. the Celtics, <laughs> except for these, this one team. That's the New Orleans Pelicans. Wow. Gotta have to be <laughs> the biggest disappointment I I've I can't I can't I mean obviously recency bias here but I can't remember another disappointment like this. Literally the tables were set for them. Dinner was all ready and they still <laughs> figured out a way to miss it. They uh they the driver went out personally to their home. You know had everything set up for them. There was no traffic that day. And they still <laughs> managed not to show up for dinner. They screwed it up. Uh, I think Adam Silver purposely wanted this team in the playoffs. I think most people, most casual fans also, and they just could not do it. Two and six bubble record. Lonzo Ball looks like he didn't rookie want to year. Play. Lonzo Ball, <laughs> huh? He looks like he didn't want to play. 
Exactly. Yeah, he looked like rookie year Lonzo Ball. Like, yeah. Uh, first time at a first time in college or something. Like he, <laughs> I mean, twenty six percent shooting. I think oh. was his average through the bubble. Uh, two and six. You know, they got the win against Memphis. And they got that win against the Wizards. But other than that, they lost to the Kings twice. Twice lost to the Spurs, uh, Clippers, Utah, Magic. Uh, Zion not really playing all that much. Ingram looked like he was ready to ball, but just looked just frustrated at times. Alvin Gentry looked like he wanted to get fired. <laughs> I don't know. This team just looked like a dumpster fire. I don't. Can do you have? Is there some rationale behind everything that happened to them this bubble, Sean? No, I think Zion just he wasn't prepared going into it. Obviously, he had that family thing that he had to attend to uh, before the season started. Right. He was out of the bubble for like almost two weeks, I think. And that really just kind of set them up for failure at that point. It's like, you're not you're not going to have the guy that basically this format was made for playing mm-hmm. to the best of his ability, only be able to play 15 or 20 minutes a game sometimes. Just look kind of chunky <laughs> if i'm being completely honest just really really gotta slim down man honestly like <laughs> it, it was very disappointing and, and they gave them primetime tv slots they yeah. gave them every opportunity um to get into this and then the phoenix suns ended up being that team that was the cinderella story it was supposed to be the pelicans and then the suns come and swoop it all up uh very disappointing fell completely into mediocrity where the, they yeah. were playing a game concurrently with the Blazers-Nets game tonight that I don't think anyone even knew was happening. <laughs> that is how low the Pelicans dropped from the beginning of this bubble. Yeah. I mean, what was the last game they had on national TV? It was Pelicans versus Magic, right? Or that um, was today. I think it was against uh, the Spurs. No, yeah, maybe the Spurs. No, they were televised against the Kings when they were both already eliminated. Yeah, and it's like, why is this game on national TV right now? They couldn't, what? They couldn't figure out how to change the schedule. <laughs> it was too late. <laughs> exactly. Like, give us something better. Give us the Raptors or give us the Bucks or, you know, put the Laker game. I don't know. Zion wasn't even playing. Yeah, what a disappointment. Uh, but you know what? They, there's always there's always next year, and this Pelicans team is still young. They still got people locked in on rookie deals. So, there's again, there's always next year, maybe except for Alvin Gentry, but the Pelicans squad will have next year. So, we'll see what this team can do and if they can uh, find Lonzo Ball's jump shot, uh, find Zion Williams, his health again. Uh, maybe it's a way to remove some of the chunkiness that Sean's elaborating <laughs> to. But I'll stop eating that chunky soup. Yeah, but we'll see. But other than that, we're moving on and we're excited to break down the playoffs. We'll get a playoff preview up with you guys soon. And uh, all, all ships are sailing toward the NBA playoffs, which is exciting. Yeah, so excited for these playoffs, man. So excited for this playoff play in game. Play yeah. the Grizzlies. And yeah, we'll get that playoff preview for you guys hopefully right before the playoffs start this Monday. Let's go. Yeah, thanks everybody. Have a good week. <laughs>